0: When you're cleaning the subway bus shelter at, yeah. you know, three in the morning, because yeah. that's the only job you can get, you mm-hmm. quickly realize you need to make some moves.
1: Welcome to the Calgary Sessions. This is episode number one hundred and four. I'm your host, Jeff Humphreys. Today's guest. Um, this is going to be a really cool conversation. Um, a because of the industry, and B just because of our like ten minute phone call, whatever it was, a month and a half ago. I was yeah. like, oh, "This is like a dude, dude." So it's a
0: dude, dude.
1: So this is gonna this will be a fun one. So please name and who you are.
0: Uh, Ryan Stutt. I uh, sports and media entrepreneur, I guess. Mm. Uh, do a lot of magazines. Do a lot of movies. Which is, and this is why
1: it's going to be such a cool conversation to actually hear, you know, how things have changed over the years, um, just the background of getting into it. So, and the media side and making, like, the commercial stuff is going to be rad for me to actually get an understanding of. So, yeah, no, hey, it's happy to happy to dig into
0: it. Yeah. Cool. Um, you've seen a couple of these. I have. So, so you kind of know what's about to happen. Yeah, I just watched Billy Ray's episode. Oh, you did. Wow, I, I went to college with uh, Billy Ray and her husband, ex-husband.
1: Uh, Saskies, Saskies, wow, yeah. you guys, Saskies just like stick together, they're everywhere, they are everywhere. everywhere. <laughs> um, so yeah, so take it back as far as you want to go. I'd love to hear, like, uh, where you grew up, how you grew up, you know, how your parents inspired you, like, all of it.
0: Yeah, I grew up in Sudbury, Ontario, so mining town, like four hours north of Toronto, yep uh, working class, you know, your you're typical kind of small town, 100,000 people, mm-hmm. um. He was big into punk rock uh, back in the day, Uh, promoted shows as a teenager, Mm -hmm. made fanzines, was kind of always interested in media and communicating, I guess. Um, Then, you know, fast-tracked out of high school because I hated it. Um, Did a half a semester of university. Hated that, too. Mm -hmm. Um, Got a job, the worst job. It was like a, a janitor. That's the only job I could get in Sudbury because it just isn't, it wasn't a place of opportunity unless you want to go work in the mine.
1: Mm. Where was your, um, what would your folks do?
0: Uh, Dad's a retired jail guard. Uh, so at the municipal jail. Uh, and my mom worked for Revenue Canada. Mm. So authority. They'll come for your taxes. They'll,
1: <laughs> and they'll put, you, put you in cuffs. <laughs> um, Was the jail right by like in Sudbury or just outside? Yeah, it's like a municipal jail. So,
0: um, my folks had a, I guess my dad's retired now, so I'm sure I could tell the story. Mm -hmm. Um, they had a picture of me, they were building a new wing to the jail. So like, there was a big blow up of me behind bars as a kid, you know, wearing an Atlanta Falcons jacket for some reason,
1: (laughs) you know, mm. uh,
0: but they blew it up. They thought it was hilarious.
1: What, um, when your parents are working like those kind of jobs, pretty typical like upbringing
0: like it was a pretty just like yeah just you know middle class you know my folks split when i was 16 yep you know divorce whatever makes you makes you as a teenager you get a little pissed off Mm -hmm. um probably why i gravitated towards punk rock yeah and and music and
1: what were the um, back then who were the like musical who were the rockers you
0: were listening to oh the, the bands yeah um a lot of Canadians, so like SNFU, mm-hmm. Propaganda, mm-hmm. Um, big No Means No fan. Mm-hmm. So, And then, you know, all the SoCal stuff. Like, yep. you know, just Screeching and a out of Chicago, mm-hmm. Bad Religion. No know, effects. No effects. Mm-hmm. Uh, who just shut it down. Did they? Yeah, that's it. They had their last show ever. No way. Yeah, just... Have
1: you, all these years, have you been kind of like keeping up with the music? So you and I are pretty much the same vintage. I'm a 77. Yeah, same. So... I, I got turned on to this style of music in grade like 10, 11. Yeah. So that I was hanging Ooh. out with these dudes and they just introduced me. I was like,
0: whoa. Yeah. It was, yeah, it's, it's, it changed my life, certainly. Hmm. And changed my kind of attitude of, you know, DIY, do it yourself. Hmm. Like, no one's doing anything for you. Just, you want, you want a concert? Yeah. Better call the band and figure out how to put that show on. Hmm. You know, you, you want a community of information? Yeah. Well, you'd have to build it you, know, you have to make fanzines you have to communicate you know mm-hmm. get people that are like-minded doing cool things so
1: what year was that ish were you like 16 ish when the music started to like really strike a chord with you
0: oh yeah yeah so geez i can't even tell like 94 95. yep um so yeah punk rock scene in sudbury for a long time it was great but then you hit that age of you know tried university wasn't mm-hmm. really feeling it Yep. suddenly you're working a dead-end job Yep i kind of looking at the doors being like, how the, mm-hmm. how the fuck do I get out of here? Do you, did you know, like, listen, school wasn't my thing
1: either. It was like a, just didn't work. Did you, were you okay with the idea of like just brushing it off and just having this dead end thing? Or did you, did it take you a while to
0: realize that you were in a, you were
1: in a spot you didn't want to be?
0: No, I think I, when you're cleaning the sub rebus shelter, yeah. I, you know, three in the morning, because that's the only job you can get, you Mm. quickly realize you need to make some moves. Mm -hmm. So at the time, our group of friends, there was two camps of people leaving. There's people going to Toronto, either guys that were really serious about making music uh, and wanted to go be part of the kind of hardcore scene in Toronto, which at the time was awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, Or going to university down south, or there was a group of friends that were kind of like, hey, I'm not going to school. Calgary's kind of popping off you can get a job like i remember hearing stories of people that had gone ahead be like i just walked into a place and i got a job for 20 bucks an hour i don't even know how to do the job they just needed a warm body it was amazing so i'm like that sounds pretty good when you know i'm cleaning this men's room at a bus station let's let's go
1: did you those three options the music thing like music was driving you yeah like can you just explain like the, the depth of what it did at a young age for you because it's so it's so fascinating I don't know if music still does that to people
0: yeah I wonder I wonder seeing the music now and I wonder if it's you know my wife and I will watch Saturday Night Live and we'll be like
1: who yeah. who yeah. who's the musical guest yeah.
0: some dude mm-hmm. I have no idea mm-hmm. like to be so far out of it yeah you just don't know if if it is it is it the music touching people the same way it touched me is it Is it inspiring?
1: Exactly. Like, is it like T Swift? Does 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 her do her fans feel the same way that you felt about the punk rock scene, or do you think it was because the music style was such a it was
0: evolving and changing and like? Well, I think it was also like it was a progressive sort of message. It was you know there's anger, but there's also optimism. There's you know hopefulness, and here's a different way of looking at the world. Mm -hmm. And you know, like I was a vegan when I was in high school. Mm -hmm. Like, wow. Yeah, but you know, funny story. So, we decided to move to Calgary, and we're of course broke. So, who's we? Oh, yeah, uh, my f- uh, friend Aaron, who still lives here. Yep. Uh, and my friend Keith, who I believe still lives here. Yep. Um, we decided. Uh, all right, we're moving to Calgary. And this uh, is the like we, you were very explicit about these three options: to
1: for the music, south for school, or, <laughs> and go west for Calgary.
0: That was it. I, it was just this. Well, it's, you go with what you know. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm not going to move to Montreal because mm-hmm. I don't know anybody in Montreal. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's that, you know, it was just a really close knit community of friends and, yeah. and people that were kind of there for each other. So uh, a friend of mine and his brother, uh, Blair and Byron Hone, shout out Blair and Byron Hone, uh, they moved out first. Um, so they had kind of given the all clear lick. No, mm-hmm. oh, you can live here. It's great. it's great. Yeah. Uh, so we hopped and we took a Greyhound 42 hours straight crazy. I don't know how he survived it. It was an interesting trip of
1: you couldn't do it. You couldn't do it. No, not now. That's like the only age range that you, it would be an acceptable option.
0: Oh yeah. I'm just gonna sleep on a Mm -hmm. sleep on an uncomfortable bench seating Mm -hmm. with whatever carny folk get picked Mm -hmm. up in the middle of the night Mm -hmm. and some interesting cats, you know, hopped on that bus. Uh, but we got here and then we stayed with uh, Blair and his brother who had a basement place in Forest Lawn. Yeah, that was fun. I still remember the first night there was uh, like, I don't know if it was Hawks, but it was like a police helicopter with a spotlight. Mm-hmm.
1: Like lighting up your backyard?
0: Oh yeah, lighten up the neighborhood. And I'm like, whoa, <laughs> what have I done? We're here. We're here. Um, Dude, when
1: you're, on, when you're on that bus, are you like um, confident that you've made the right decision? And, or are you okay with
0: the unknown I think you at the time, yeah, just okay. It's it's better than what I was doing. Mm. Sudbury, um, as much as I I still love it. Yep, you gotta kind of realize like if I stay, what am I really doing? Mm. I don't know what I'm gonna do in Calgary, but I know it's gonna be better from what I hear. Yep, than what I'm doing in Sudbury. So mm. it's a roll of the dice. You know, when you're 18, you don't yeah. care like it's possible yeah.
1: it's possible to it, roll that big day
0: so there's possibility and and again you know I, I wouldn't have probably wouldn't have done it if i didn't have that support of that group of friends mm-hmm. where it's like you're not doing it alone mm-hmm. everyone's there for each other yeah you know like yep. I, I you know was borrowing my blair's he would just buy uh junkers mm-hmm. So. You know, I was, you would have K cars mm-hmm. and, oh, yeah, just like things that, like, if it broke down, he would literally just take the plates off and just leave it and walk away. So I still we remember driving his K car on the Deerfoot for the first time. And I'm like, oh, what, what am I doing? <laughs> um, but yeah, so got to, you know, got work right away. Right away. What was your first K car? Uh, uh, computer, what's it, computer store on the cloud across from um, uh, Chinook. There, okay. There's two of them. Yeah. So I went and worked at one and I, like, they put me as a salesman because I knew how to operate a computer and that made me qualified to be a salesperson.
1: Cause it was early days, right? Like computers were, were the same. So computers showed up and I don't know, man, like a Tandy 1000 in the early nineties, maybe
0: like, oh yeah. Like this was like, I couldn't even tell you what the makes were, but like, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, you know how to turn them on. You were like qualified. Yeah, well, you know, a little bit more. Like, hey, I can install a video card. I could tell you. Oh, you did some things? Wow. (laughs) Barely. Barely did some things. But I remember going to work at that store. I was there for maybe a month before the manager of the other store. Just basically, he must have just been poaching everybody he could just to have warm bodies in the store. Mm. So then went and worked over there. And it was great. So for like, you know, a year or two, it was just making good money, Mm -hmm. partying, having fun. Where, you
1: were your, uh, where were your where were go tos Were you still chasing music and were you like um, being very intentional finding it in Calgary
0: or what were Ye- you doing Oh yeah, like uh, a lot of my friends were still trying to do music in Calgary. Mm-hmm. Um, they were in a few bands. Yeah. Uh, so a lot of night gallery, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of ship. Awesome. Uh, I Still have my 2001 ships no regulars way. mug. No way. Or uh, pine <laughs> <Yeah, fuzz. yeah. laughs> I had another one and I lost it in trials, <laughs> somewhere down the line.
1: Uh, Republic was gone.
0: Yeah, Republicans didn't go there a ton, yep. but yeah, you know. Shippings. The ship The ship was our spot yep. in a night gallery for music. Mm-hmm. Um, Drum and Monkey, I guess too. Oh, yeah, totally.
1: Um, were you ever in music, like into like playing?
0: Yeah, I was in a couple bands, but I was awful. What
1: were you playing or singing or what were you doing? Bass. Bass. But, uh, You're a bass guy.
0: Totally just bass occupying space just, in the just, back. I, I got a car. <laughs> I got a car. I can I can look like I'm doing it. It's punk rock, man. Like, what's the big deal? I still remember we we recorded, you know, our, our, our tape at the time. It's like some basement studio mm-hmm. um, in uh, Sudbury, and uh, I realized I realized in the recording session, like, oh wait, I don't actually know what I'm doing. I don't know how to play music because they're recording, and I'm like, oh, I can't hear the bass at all. And the the engineer's like lowering <laughs> levels, like, yeah, no, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine.
1: I eventually I did learn how.
0: To, I eventually did learn how to play bass after that.
1: When did, um, so you just like dabbled in it and then what had like a self realization that you're just this isn't your thing?
0: Yeah, it's just like I like playing in bands. Like, mm. you know, uh, we, I got as far as playing the El- Elma combo, you cool. know, it, it, with what well, we, we, we ate shit. <laughs> <laughs> we were awful. <laughs> we bombed so hard and that was it. I'm like, this isn't for me. Mm. Um, but, you know, like the culture. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, it's, talking about music, writing music, Mm uh, writing about music. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, that's that's what kind of inspired me, you know, it was like more about facilitating the music than it Mm -hmm. was performing as much as I enjoyed it. Like I enjoyed promoting shows.
1: Did you, um, did you feel like you just had something to get out through music? Like a like a voice or creating a voice or like what?
0: Yeah, I think it's just teenage, you know, teenage, right? It's yep. just like you know, you're all stupid, and mm-hmm. you know, the world shouldn't be the way it is. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like I you know remember many conversations about vegetarianism and veganism with my grandparents who were just looking at me like, what are you doing? Dude? Like, mm. Have the have the kielbasa? Come yeah, on. We're good. Uh, Why did you become a vegan? Uh, m- well, it's mostly just you know m- the music, right? It's like really? it was a very progressive. A lot of ideas hmm. being thrown around, you know, about politics, about food, why we do what we do. Yeah. Um, and it was, yeah, like, I don't want to kill an animal just to survive. Yeah. Yep. But then I just ate French fries and white rice. And, you know, I didn't know how to cook. So, so on the bus ride. <laughs> back to the bus. Back to the bus. <laughs> on the bus ride from Sudbury to Calgary, uh, me and my friend Aaron, the first stop, I think it was the first or second stop. We're in line at, I want to say it was Burger King or something, you know, some, yep. we just, we're in line and we looked at each other. Like, I don't know if I could do this whole trip with, give me a Whopper, hold the patty. You know, mm-hmm. we just looked at each other and I'm like, I'm going to get a, I'm going to get a hamburger. <laughs> Are you going a hamburger? <laughs> oh, okay, cool. If you're going to get a hamburger, oh, I'm not going to let you do it. do it alone. So that was the end of you know i i I'd go back back and forth, yeah um you know, and I still it's like balancing all things now, mm-hmm. where it's like i I eat meat, yeah, but I definitely try to balance it out and yep. have a lot of meals mm-hmm. without meat, yeah because you know it's it is what it is mm-hmm. it, it you know i'm I'm a little less uh not less political, but I think I'm just a little more laid back about things now yep. mm-hmm. um yeah, can
1: you um between the ship and the gallery those are like two iconic places in calgary yeah can you explain to me what the vibe was like back then because i have my own because i went to the same two places too so just explain what was actually happening back then in these two specific places Uh, just man so much fun
0: like just high energy like i love the music scene here in that era because there's it's just a lot of buy in from people. Like, mm-hmm. there's like when you have that many people going to shows, yep. being excited about going to shows, mm-hmm. man, that's all you want to do. Yeah, you know, I saw some amazing shows in Calgary, and yeah, look, just such a good vibe. Yeah, like, it's my probably my biggest memory of that period of Calgary outside mm-hmm. of you know my friends. Yeah, was just live music here was awesome. Do you think so? My life. I
1: was like less live music. Like I was more into the DJ DJ thing at the gallery, specifically with Rice on Sundays, like kind of late, late nineties. I found, I think about it, I don't think about it much anymore, but I used to just about the lack of cell phones. There was this, yeah. you had to, you know, you read and fast forward, you saw a poster and you had to either like call your friends or somehow just like organize a crew to go somewhere. And then you were there. You weren't looking for other things. You weren't getting distracted. You weren't like going somewhere to be seen. You were just there for the music, which
0: I think created a spectacular energy. Absolutely. And just having to search out cool, Mm -hmm. you know, like if you found out the cool thing and Mm -hmm. you were the guy to let other people know the cool thing, Mm -hmm. you're the cool guy all of a sudden, you know. Uh, I read uh, Lawrence Livermore, the guy who started Lookout Records. Okay, Uh, He wrote a book. And like his record label exploded, you know, that first signed Green Day, Mm -hmm. Screeching Weasel, like tons of like seminal bands Mm -hmm. um, talking about the early days of setting that up. And it was all mail order. And it was all bands just seeding territories Mm -hmm. by going. And it was actually uh, DOA from from, uh, BC. They had laid the groundwork. Mm -hmm. They had a book that they would kind of share with everybody being like, here's the good towns. Here's the good promoters. Here's the guys that will rip you off. Here's the guys who'll beat you up. Wow! And they kind of built that roadmaps. So all these bands out of kind of the Bay Area and LA were kind of, I guess, using that, mm. and that was spreading the music. And then all of a sudden, mail order. Well, you leave a catalog. Yeah. After the show, all of a sudden, and and to see how that kind of spread naturally, yeah, worldwide, yeah, is crazy. Mm-hmm. You know, and like totally influenced my life and i you know you don't want to be that old guy yeah you're like oh i wonder if the kids even get it anymore but do they
1: i don't know i don't know I, I don't think you have to you said it you don't have to go look for cool you can you can you don't have to put in as much effort to find cool because you can just sit there and like surf and find something back then it was like are we going here like there's only and there wasn't a lot of i don't know i guess i can't say this was there more places back then than there are now to watch cool things or do you think there's Mm. ah there's probably more venues now i guess but i
0: don't think there's more venues doing cool things not cool cool is like but i you know and i wonder why that is is it just it's just kind of where music is right now or is it do you i i sometimes think that cool can't make money yeah i think that probably factors into it you
1: know what i mean like you think about the gallery specifically the coolest you yeah, know, the probably poorly run. However, you want to get into like what was actually happening behind the scenes, but like the bathroom was, like not acceptable. The the fire escapes either out the front. Or the Nothing's back, to code. Nothing. So yeah. it's like it was cool, but you know, was there? I don't know. I don't know if cool can make money.
0: No, but I think you know, like in my old age, not not old age, but mm-hmm. graying. All your age. experiences. All my experience. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Sorry. Um, uh, you know, I, I feel like you 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 have a you have to help facilitate cool things. Yeah. You know, like yeah. it's my responsibility. I I've been pretty successful in my life. If yeah. I can facilitate a community for action sports, yeah, it's my job. Yeah. It's not about me talking. It hasn't been about what I think for a while. Mm-hmm. It's just facilitating platforms and voices to do cool things. Hey, you're making a video. Awesome. Here's the distribution channel to get the word out yep. and have people see it. Yep. And, you know, like I, I think Calgary as a community probably needs to get its shit together, frankly, right. and facilitate more of the arts and not just like your performing arts, mm-hmm. not just Art Commons, although Alex Harriet is doing amazing things at Art mm-hmm. Commons right now. Um, it's it's independent music. It's having venues like we, we'll do you know video premieres, here and I've tried to do a few. And the Legion's a great venue, but as a promoter, I don't get the bar. Yeah, I don't get a piece of the bar. Mm-hmm. We'll, I'm not making money off the gate. Mm-hmm. That's why cool things aren't happening. Like yeah. to see Sled Island put out the the SOS like last week of hey we really need help to keep doing this. Mm. Well, if they had a venue where they could get the bar yeah. or a portion of the bar, mm-hmm. probably f- help fix that problem, right sure. I think it's up to, you know it's up to the old guys to be yeah. like, "Hey, do you want cool things for your kids? Mm-hmm. Do you want cool things for the community? Do it. You're going to have to help build that yeah. out and build that business case maybe. Yeah. And it's not a great business case, but culturally, like Calgary's got so much going on. Mm-hmm. It's such a great place to live but we're missing out on cool stuff yep. like and that's what's going to keep young people here cuz hey man tons of jobs in Calgary mm-hmm. great quality of life mm-hmm. but it can get boring if you know you don't stoke that fire yep. and keep live music and art and kind of you know dangerous things mm-hmm. in the mix for kids for sure so
1: um so what happens after these computer gigs
0: uh i was reading way too much uh Hunter S Thompson and uh, a comic called Metropolitan by Warren Ellis. It's all about journalism. Mm. Got the, you know, I already had the writing bug and the publishing bug, and I'm like, oh, okay, well, I wanna be, I'm gonna go to school and be a journalist, so I go to Sate,
1: mm.
0: Mostly because it was the shortest program, because, you know, I'm a little, mm-hmm. I don't like authority. <laughs> I just wanna get my degree and get out. Um, so go to SAIT, great program, great people. You know, I met uh, Billy Ray, uh, and her ex husband ex-husband now Ian, mm-hmm. uh, became very close with them. Um, really had a great time that first year. I had a column in uh, the wheel, cool, in the entertainment section, mm-hmm. just being an idiot. you know I ran for student i ran for the oh god i can 't remember the name of it,', it was like the student council okay did a joke campaign just to be a <laughs> dick you know just just to be a shit disturber <laughs> yeah um, but I had a lot of fun that first year. And then, um, ah, what else happened? Sorry, it, the, no, it's, ah, good, it's man. twenty years ago. I know. Right? Man. So I'm like, oh, what did I just, do back then? Like, yeah, uh, it's
1: crazy. What was uh, the, what was the push to like writing? Like, was you, were you writing as a youngster? Was this kind of like just? A, yeah, I've always been a student writing.
0: Mm. Um, you know, I, I quietly, tw- yeah, behind the scenes, yeah. yeah, like you know, making fanzines and you know, putting thought to paper. Yep you get comfortable sharing that after a while, Mm -hmm. like certainly now write anything on a piece of paper. Um, but at the time, you know, you got to ease into like, what do you think? Mm -hmm. Is this dumb? Mm -hmm. Uh, but by then I was well past the point of caring. And I was, I was writing a lot of funny and stupid things. Mm -hmm. Um, and at the time, um, I was trying to remember on the drive here, I'm like, how did did this sequence of events actually happen? Um, had the column, you know, uh, ran for student council or whatever, and a producer at CBC Calgary uh, by the name of Nick Purden, who actually does segments from the national now. Okay, uh, really good guy. Uh, either he reached out or I reached out to CBC trying to find some gigs, mm-hmm. some freelance stuff, uh, and I did an election series. It was when Joe Clark was running downtown. Like I lived, mm-hmm. like, right downtown, and Joe Clark was running in my riding. So the, you know, I forget if I came up with the idea or Nick did, but it was like, we're going to do a series where we're just going to try to get these candidates to come to your house and sit on your couch and convince you as the no way. casual voter hmm. why you should vote for me. Hmm. So every other candidate came and hung so, out in my apartment no with way. me. Yeah, which was like, you poor schmucks. Mm-hmm. Like, you got to go to some mm-hmm. 22-year-old. Mm-hmm. Yeah you know, goof off kids' apartment and try to sell them on being, you know, when I'm just, you know, just razzing them. Uh, And we almost had Joe Clark. Like, he's like, coming, coming. (laughs) Although,
1: Joe's not coming.
0: (laughs) A little bit of a heartbreaker. Um, But it was fun, you know, it was nice to do that. And then after that got done, um, I put in to be the news editor for The Wheel the second year. Yep. Uh, And it was uh, with... Uh, Billy Ray's ex-husband was the entertainment editor. Uh, our friend Amber Bowerman, or Amber Webb at the time, uh, was the other news editor. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just a great crew—like mm-hmm. just a lot of fun times. Mm-hmm. We really, you know, that was probably where I really cut my teeth in publishing. Mm-hmm. Where it's like we have full full control. I'm not ans- we are not answering anybody, but the people at this table. Yeah, let's do some cool stuff. Mm-hmm. Let's push some boundaries yep you know we've got resources and it was awesome
1: um what was that like chasing stories just being creative with with how to what voices you wanted to share like what was it that got you going
0: yeah just you know that's when I started really being excited about hard news hmm. hard news your college newspaper but the idea yeah. of journalism hmm. as a way to change people's minds and expose maybe information that people should know yep. so it, it was it was a bit of a pivot because everyone had kind of known me as the class clown yep. for the first year yep. like no no i'm a serious newsman now sorry the, mm-hmm. the fart jokes <laughs> won't be in won't be in the front of the book anymore <laughs> retired <laughs> that's it you know i'm gonna retire my my fart jokes um but yeah it was just like let's mm. try to do some some good journalism mm. and we did i was really happy with what we did that first year Ended up doing another election series um, with CBC. I think it was for the mayors. Yeah, it was the mayors race. Okay. Uh, but it was first one was called "On the Couch," and then I'm like, "Well, look, we're never getting anybody back to my apartment. Mm-hmm. We'll do off the couch, and I'll just take them places and do silly things with them." Mm. And it was fun. um Kanye, who won okay. that year. Yep. Uh, we took him to you know Ducky's Pub on Fourth. Yep. Yep. Yeah. It took him to karaoke. No way. I. I I had to, I I couldn't remember. It wasn't Nick that produced. It was Judy Aldis, and I think she's she's hosts maybe the the noon hour show on okay. CBC. Um, I hope the tape still exists because Bronc doing karaoke. I'd like to think I got him elected <laughs> because you know he had a standing O at the end of the night. No way. Oh well, he's awful. Like to be clear, he was. He, but he, but he had the courage you know, to actually do it. Hey man, he he put it all out. He left it all on the floor oh, wow. at Ducky's Pub. Hmm um what year was that do you remember oh god i don't know i'd have to look it up but
1: it would have been like
0: 2001 yeah, early 2000s or yeah. S- yeah okay yep um yeah so worked there um, mm-hmm. uh, did, did that special and that was great uh and then graduated that's when it kind of started to get a little tough because yeah. like you know it wasn't easy it wasn't easy to get a journalism job in calgary mm-hmm. um i interned at the sun Interned at the Herald. Didn't get a job off from either of them. Yep. CBC. There's nothing really going on at CBC. Mm-hmm. So I started being like, uh oh. Womp womp. Mm-hmm. Did
1: you have a part time job when you're going to school or anything, or was it? Oh yeah, like I just go to whatever.
0: Random. Random kitchen. A lot of kitchen jobs. Yep. Video stores. Mm-hmm. Um, just you know whatever. Whatever I, it would just be enough to pay the bills, yep. kind of thing, and yep. allow me to keep doing. Whatever I want on the side, but coming out of school, that's when I got, you know, tough. Where I was, like, I found myself in another. It was like, I was working for the company that does those like local newsletters for the community associations. Yeah. So it's like the Deer Run yep. Runner or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it started to really kind of all those dreams of like, oh, I'm going to do real journalism. Mm-hmm. And I had some success. Like I did some freelance stuff for the the Herald. I got, on, I think I got below the fold. I had a front cover story, so I was like mm. very proud. I'm like, oh maybe, mm. maybe, mm-hmm. maybe I get a job. Yeah, no, I'm not getting a job. Um, so it, it got really tough. And then a guy I went to school with at Sate, who uh, was a skateboarder, he was a skate photographer, and he got a job working for a skateboard magazine in Toronto called SBC. Uh so he reached out saying, like, hey, I'm I need help. Like, I've kind of just been given the keys to this thing. I'm struggling. Hmm. I need someone to help wrangle all of it. All of it. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, well, I got nothing going on here. So sure. Wow. I didn't want to leave Calgary. Yeah. Uh, because I loved it here. Love my friends. Love the community. Like, yep. I cried on the way to Toronto. It was, like, that, it was, it was, was that. That was tough. Yeah. Uh, because yeah, it was like family, right? Yeah. And I'm still friends with everybody to mm-hmm. this day. But it's like, oh, you got to leave. Mm-hmm. Uh, shit. Okay. Did uh, you
1: um? Did you think about it for a while? Like, did you sit with it or did you understand the finances and your, and your runway was, was just not here? It was so bad.
0: Yeah. Like I was, you know, working whatever dead end jobs I could. And then trying to do journalism on the side, like yeah. it was unsustainable. Mm-hmm. Like it was very much that like subree moment of like, yeah, sweeping. you know, mm-hmm. I'm not going to be able to do this kind of thing here. Yep. Uh, again, it's like opportunity, mm-hmm. right? Um, so I'm like, okay, I'll you know, take the job. Wow. Moved to Toronto, it was miserable, probably for the first year. Cause it's, you know, Toronto's a great city. It is not a friendly city when you first move there. I, it is very I agree.
1: Tough. I moved there no 01. Oh really? Oh,
0: so around for, the same time.
1: For 11 months. And I moved there, um, the company I was working for opened opened up an office. So 14 of us went out there to open this office. And I was just like, okay, it's time for a change. Yeah. You know, been in Calgary for my whole life. I'm gonna go out here. My good friend Cam Walker lived there. He was an investment banker dude, so living right downtown. He was the, without him, I would have even worse things to say about Toronto. It just, to your point, wasn't friendly. I made no money. The music scene was pretty cool. I saw yeah. some amazing like DJs. There's thing. some good things, yeah. But the general vibe, my I lasted 11 months. Came home.
0: Yeah, like, like I I stuck it out. I was there four years okay. working at SBC. Hmm. Um, you know again like one of those great experiences yep. for the most part yeah learned a ton mm-hmm. um you know just had the best time like it's skateboarding you know
1: were it, you into skateboarding it was just like the the punk rock
0: skateboarding the punk rock skateboarding, skateboarding it all was like all goes. one big yeah makes like, like like i'm six foot four mm-hmm. 270. Mm-hmm. not not built for i'm that. not i'm not doing anything impressive on a skateboard <laughs> you know what i mean mm-hmm. but mm-hmm the culture yeah, and like I fell in love with big brother magazine back in the day and just skate media and just mm-hmm. that outlaw yep. journalism nature of it. Yeah. Right. So, you what, know,
1: what were they? Um, like I was just, lo- I didn't really, I didn't read a lot of the magazines. So what were they showing? What were they documenting? Like stories? Were they documenting like about the, the new pros? Was it equipment? Like what were they actually
0: well see that's the that's the that's the kind of the beautiful thing about skateboarding is like it's you know it it's it's all tricks it's all high caliber Mm. tricks it's all inside baseball to the most part like the layman's not really going to understand it but outside of that it's the personalities and you know big brother back in the day was just how outrageous can we be Mm. and how many moms can we piss off Mm. and you know as a punk no, well, it's not nose punk. It's, it's my, that's my fit. tribe. That's yeah. my people, yeah. you know? um, Yeah, so that's. It, it's, what, what did it allow you to do out there
1: for four years? Like, what did you actually get to figure out and?
0: Pu- learned yeah. all of the ins and outs of publishing, right. for the most part, you know, design, which, you know, I knew a little bit about, but yeah. f- far more into photo selection. Mm. Telling a holistic story mm. from photos to captions yep. to the articles themselves to the what you're doing with the cover, what the limitations are with newsstand, how mm. far can you push this and that. Mm. Uh, learned a lot. Learned a lot about publishing, and, and I promoted a bunch of parties and mm. you know, silly fun stuff.
1: Yep. Um, but even that, like promoting parties, is a bit of a risk. There's a risk there, right? Like, oh yeah, it's your name. Whatever the there might be a
0: minimum that that you got to cover, like. Well, and they, they, you know, they let us get away with murder because mm. they were making so much money mm. off that magazine. Right. Like they were making, it was 250 pages of mostly ads. No
1: way. Well,
0: it's 2003.
1: Yeah, it's like the only media, radio, TV, and print.
0: Well, at the time, like we mm. were still doing news. Mm-hmm. Like we would have a double page spread of just columns of text of who was writing for who, what no company. Way. And, you know, someone got arrested, you know. Mm-hmm. That's, we were telling people what was up.
1: How often was it going out?
0: Uh, four or five times a year. Okay, Crazy. so like bi-monthly. Yep. And it was great, like s- lifelong friendships mm-hmm. to this day. Mm-hmm. There's guys I worked with there that work for me now. No way. Um, like that's just just mm-hmm. how it went. Mm-hmm. Um, but around the fourth year, um, there's a lot a lot of skateboard magazines suddenly started popping up and staff started getting poached, and we probably pushed things too far Yep, with a advertiser. Uh, I won't name them, good. but uh, we probably pushed it too far. Uh, and uh, a good friend of mine quit, another one left to go work for another skateboard magazine. The guy, Brian, who had kind of brought me in, he had gone to California, mm. um, and I was kind of left holding the bag at a bad time, and in Heights I probably didn't have the best attitude about it, you know. Uh and then I still remember the owner uh, you know, pulling me into the office and giving me the the quiet. I think you'd be happy somewhere else. Mm. Uh no, no, I'm I'm cool. Uh, but you know, <laughs> maybe maybe you want to try something else. Uh so you know that that pissed me off. Because yeah. there here I was again. Yeah. Ugh zero. Mm-hmm. So tried a few things, um, uh, you know, tried doing some event work, uh, wrote a couple books or wrote a book on skateboarding, like mm-hmm. an instructional book for kids. I just think, thank God that that contract came literally a month before I got let go. No way. So it was enough money to kind of yep. get me through for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and over the next six months, um, I just started thinking like, you know, what do I want to do? There's no, no one's really wanting to hire someone who worked at a skateboard magazine. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of journalism students at Ryerson. Like, the, I'm not getting a newspaper job. Mm-hmm. What do I do? Um, Which is a
1: heavy question, right? It's a heavy question. At any point in your life, when you're at that
0: age, it's yeah, it's it consumes you. Well, especially because you know, like at the time, God. I can't even. Th- I'm trying to think how old I was, but it must have been like late 20s. This like uh, mid 2000s, kind of thing? Yeah, this would be 2007 actually, because okay. I met my wife that year, okay. uh, like maybe six months before I got fired. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it it was one of those like existential, like, oh, shh, what am I doing? Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, you know, started talking to friends, and everyone is kind of saying like, well, why don't you why don't you try to do another magazine? And I'm like, oh, man, like, you know, I can make a magazine, but I don't know anything else about making Mm -hmm. a magazine, like ad sales, uh, finding a printer to print it, distribution. How do I do all this stuff? Mm -hmm. Um, So one, there's a few distributors at the time um, that kind of controlled all of skateboarding. And it's still set up that way, except now I'm one of the distributors. So I'm one of those. Guys I complained about back in the day, <laughs> um, but they were a big advertiser for the s b c and they were kind of over it, and we were, I was very close with them, and they offered to they offered to see us hmm. basically hey you can we'll distribute you, we'll advertise, you could probably pull in some more advertisers because you're generally well liked yep, see what you can do hmm. um so I'm like okay, like but at the time there was four active skateboard magazines in Canada Mm. like we really like. I don't know if this is going to work I don't have a choice though so I guess we're going to do it Mm. but the the one it's probably the one astute business move I made in that era was at the time SBC had the skateboard magazine and four competitors they had Snowboard Canada which had zero competitors and that was the money maker that was the money making title was Mm. Snowboard Canada Mm. so they had a monopoly on the the business so i'm like well not for long you know we're gonna <laughs> if i'm gonna do a skateboard magazine we should do a snowboard magazine yep. um so i'm like well here you go spite store let's let's do it like and was that i love how you i'm glad
1: you went there the idea of like doing your own thing did you ever you know, the authority thing was probably like an early indicator that you probably couldn't work for somebody for very long because authority wasn't your jam. Did you, yeah. Did you think you would ever start your own business?
0: Uh, no. So like, you get pushed into this corner. What? But that's it's you know do or die. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. um, who dares wins. Like, mm-hmm. if you don't, if you don't do it, who's going to do it? Do DIY you? man. You yep. got to get out there and you want a job you want to eat yeah well wow. i guess you should try to do this on your own and you know it wasn't like i just did it on my own i had a lot of help from yep. a lot of friends at the time um, and we did it and i don't want to say it was immediate success but it was a success. it was a success like mm. it went really well kind of out of the gate yeah uh, i got to bring in some ex- big brother alumni who cool. i'm still friends with to this day like we probably wouldn't have got the buy in from the community without them. Mm. So like, I owe them mm. everything. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, you know, started that 2008, 2007, 2008. Mm. Um, it seems like a daunting process. Oh, it was, and just constant failures. Mm. And, you know, I'm still like 15 years deep. I think I've kind of got it figured out mm. how to run a business, because I didn't have a deep I didn't, P and L's, you know, budgets you know i knew how to not lose money yep. but running a smart business mm-hmm. contracts mm-hmm. agreements like mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of fumbles along the way mm-hmm. as much as we had successes yep. you know we had failures too of just like miscommunication and you know just just inexperience mm-hmm. um but you know we made it through and you know 10 years of publishing went pretty well and we you know we still publish magazines to this day but um there was a pivot at one point of hey ads are starting to be a little slim when it comes to print Yep. and that more overall media transition happened where everything was focused in print and then that arrival of the internet yep which seems insane that i'm like oh remember the internet yeah yeah uh you know and then the advent of social yep and then all of a sudden it's like, Oh, well, we're not, we're not the kind of cultural center anymore. Yep. The focus has shifted elsewhere and you kind of start following that.
1: Mm-hmm. What, um, I want to get into this on both those things. What was, you, what were you focused on for like 10 years as when the publishing was kind of the lead thing, like when you were putting together these mags, was it very traditional of like tricks and some commentary about
0: who signed where and what, or did you, did you twist it a bit? We twisted it totally. Like we tried to do things, as, um, as outrageous as we could, at least for the first five years, probably where we're just like, you know, snowboard tests. Like at the time snowboard Canada was doing, um, uh, their board test, you know, like it's pros yep. telling you, oh, this is, mm-hmm. this Cambridge is amazing. Um, and you know, I'm just like, come on, let, okay. We're going to do it. Like, and we got pressured from advertisers to do a board test. So we did. So we took all of the New Year's snowboards and we took them to a gun range in Richmond, and we lit them up with shoddies and like <laughs> Hunter S. Thompson style 44s and you know, put the bullet ridden corpses of these snowboards. You know, here's this year's. You know, here's who handled the bullets the best. No way. And you know, we've we've evolved over the years, but yeah. a lot of it was like, again, it's that like curly. And I've mellowed out, obviously, a lot in my old age. Mm-hmm. But at the time, it was just like you know, that's the establishment. Well, a little bit of just like you know, now nah, you don't know, you don't know what's up, mm. you know. And if you do know what's up, I think you're dumb. Mm-hmm. And it's that kind of middle finger. Yep. Um, But eventually, SBC went under. Um. And. You know we hired a lot of their staff hmm. we hired their ski magazine staff we launched a ski title um hmm. uh, which will actually will be 10 years next year for that t- which is yeah. feels like yesterday yeah so it's a bit of a trip how are you um
1: when the internet was there obviously for a while as you're publishing social was probably a as far as where advertising dollars was going what was happening like what was your when do you what what was the thing that kind of told you things were the in the environment was changing
0: uh yeah i don't know if there was an actual like you know like an inflection point or a point of like oh wait wait yeah i think it's just mags were healthy yep and then they you started losing forms yeah and all of a sudden it was 150 pages and then it's mm-hmm. 130 and mm-hmm. then it's 120 mm-hmm. and then it's 100 and you know we started doing more Kind of video projects or event projects or big contest ideas, yep. um, you know, in a non traditional sort of way to attract people. We did uh, a, a film festival with uh, Converse for this skateboard magazine, uh, you know, like five, six years of it. Mm-hmm. We gave away like probably $300,000 worth mm-hmm. of money to filmmakers mm-hmm. and just same kind of attitude of like, look, do what you want. We're just here to facilitate mm. whatever you want to do. Mm. It's gotta be a 10 minute movie. Yep. You have to submit a certain amount of photos. Mm-hmm. Do whatever you want. What was and, the
1: sorry, what was the what was your idea behind that? Why'd you go down that path?
0: Uh, again, I think it's just like I wanting to facilitate cool people doing cool things mm. is like if we can do something and, and and you know, there's a business reason too. It yeah, set sure. us apart. Yeah, yeah. We were doing national premiere yep. tours yep. for the like for the movies, mm-hmm. you know, a big advertiser paying the bill mm-hmm. it was a good deal, man. Mm-hmm. Like, and it was fun, and it allowed a lot of creative people a platform to yep. do cool stuff, mm-hmm. and you know, that's that's its own reward. Yeah, but you know, it it kept us kept us relevant. Well, that's it. Like your brand
1: actually stayed relevant with the people that were making the cool things. Well, that's it. So right? then they kind of everything goes up together that's it um did you know that did you know that was gonna happen
0: no like i just wanted to do it because it was cool man. i know but like, now but like oh now like, it oh, makes so much look at this s- master plan i had i'm like man this seat in my pants like mm. you know just getting by Yep. um but it worked out mm-hmm. you know and uh, yeah we've kind of diversified the business yep. you know probably after that first five years you know i had kids all right, my first son, and all of a sudden I'm like, maybe hey, we need to chill it out a little bit. Guys, it seems like we're maybe, uh, you know, getting a little too crazy. Was
1: it, um, were you known for that? Like that? Yeah, the mags. Being the mag was like way, you were playing in a different field?
0: Oh, yeah. Like that was that was the goal. But it was also like it was a competitive field. You got to stand out somehow. Yeah. And that was our, it, it worked. Like, mm. you know, 15 years later, mm they're all dead Mm -hmm. like we're we're literally like the only yeah snowboard magazine in canada of of note like someone bought sbc and have kind of tried to bring it back but Mm -hmm. it's never yeah never going to be what it was Mm -hmm. so as far as like kind of culturally being relevant like we're the establishment now which so the weird one
1: full circle like like i said just giving the finger to myself you just burden everybody and now you're that person so like that i'm sure it kind of snuck up
0: on you oh yeah all of a sudden i'm like wait "Wait a minute so what happened they're making fun of me yeah
1: so how does it how does that um does that occupy any brain power or do you do you still like hang on to like what this brand was about when it first started no
0: it's like hey like everything's just there's a season yep you know Mm -hmm. i i liked you know, not everything we did at those, to- those times because it was a, you know, it was a wild time. Yep. That whole period of my life was mm-hmm. pretty out there. Yeah. But I got to do amazing things, mm-hmm. go to amazing places, hang with amazing people. Hey, I could have been, could've been cleaning, yeah, toilets in Sudbury, man. Yeah. Like it's it was a good ride, mm-hmm. but I struggled a little bit with figuring out business Mm and figuring out how to deal with people in a professional way and that you know the kind of grow up of like hey everyone will be along with this ride because it's fun and crazy but at a point we're all getting older and people start having kids and people start needing to like hey do i get health care what's health care um so yeah that grow up i think i struggled with and i'm i'm totally cool with it now yeah but there was a transitionary phase where i'm like i was just screwing up Hmm. left right and center yeah and i kind of had to be like i got to talk to some people (laughs) and try to get some insights from friends that were running businesses successfully and how to manage people like hey don't just handshake your deals Mm -hmm. like i still remember a, a good friend of mine saying like well like to your employee what's your contract situation like? I'm like, what contract? Like I shook his hand. It was cool. <laughs> we good. had a beer after, it was amazing. <laughs> it's like, yeah, but like no one's ever thinking about the divorce. Mm. And in anything you do, you kind of need to set you need to set the whole lifespan up. Yeah. Hey, this is how we're gonna start this relationship off. And if at some point we need to end this relationship, we should probably agree how that's gonna go. Mm. Um, and that was probably the biggest and most uncomfortable lesson I, I learned the yeah. whole way of like, you gotta kind of be clear with everyone's intentions yeah. and, you know, try to take ownership of when you, when you screw up yourself yeah. and, and just grow. Like.
1: When you were, um, looking for people in your world that were had like a business acumen that you could kind of leverage or learn from, does that like, was that a natural move? For you to actually go look first, like not, I don't want to say help, but like look for some insight.
0: Uh, yeah, like I'm, I've never been one to be like, I know better. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it's just, I'm a journalist at heart. Like right. I, I'm happy to Good admit luck. that I'm an idiot and mm-hmm. I don't know anything. Yeah. Like, Hey, I don't like, I own a media company. I don't know anything about podcasting. Mm-hmm. I know there's microphones and mm-hmm. cameras mm-hmm. and a monitor. I'm trying not to look into, <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, so no, I, I didn't have a problem with that. And to this day, like, I, mm. I, I like to learn. Yeah. Like, uh, I, what are we doing here if we're not trying to grow mm-hmm. and, and do better and mm-hmm. uh, evolve, you know? Uh, and I think it's allowed me to, you know, like we're doing a fair bit of like movies over the last few years and yeah. trying to get into some TV projects. Cool. Which is rad, but it's a whole new business. So mm. like, I have no, and again, but I'm very fortunate to have friends in the industry that have friends that are cool. Yeah. And if I need questions on a script Mm -hmm. or a show concept, I don't want to run it by somebody Mm -hmm. that knows what they're doing. I've got a pretty decent Rolodex at this point of like, Hey, like I could reach out to someone who's Mm -hmm. got a billion dollar gate at the box office Mm -hmm. and and get their two cents on something. Right. Yeah. that's pretty great. I don't know if it's going to go anywhere, but it's like, just want to try to do more cool things. Mm -hmm. Like the business right now is doing great. Yep. You know, it's solid, but I just, I want to grow. I want to do more things. Um, you know, at some point I'll retire, but Mm -hmm. not, not happening anytime soon. That, um, the push to do,
1: to continue to do cool things. Is it, um, does it require a lot of energy consistently to figure these things out? Or is it like, do you have moments in time where you're like, okay, here's, You see you're inspired by something and then you start going down the path. Like, is it just like you see an opportunity to move or is this this like steady amount of work and energy trying to find something
0: cool? There's a lot of, uh, you know, false starts. Like we've, God knows, I've thrown spaghetti at the wall. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, you never stop. Like, you know, for every success we've had, we have probably had five failures, Mm. Um, but that's okay. Like we, we pitched a docu-series well last year year before and it's it's as far as i've ever gotten down that road mm. um we had tony hawk attached as a, an executive producer jeff tremaine was going to co-produce his, it with us and he, creator of jackass mm-hmm. like i'm like there's hey, some on there yeah, yeah how the how's yeah. this not gonna happen yeah you know like i finally got something yep. together and we pitched it to a bunch of networks nope nothing you know, and that's really disheartening. Mm-hmm. You know, to be like, how do how the hell does this not work? Mm-hmm. Um but I'm still developing mm-hmm. shows and projects yeah. because I want to do it and I'm just too stubborn to mm-hmm. take no for an answer. Mm-hmm. Like eventually I'll start a network. I don't care. Like, you know. It'll go it it can go that way, right? I mean, yeah, kind of. You, you,
1: you need, you need, you need a, few, a few more things in the background. There's happening. a few more moving parts yeah. of,
0: you know. But you know, DIY. Yeah. Like, you, you got, no one's going to do it for you, mm-hmm. you know. And it's weird being a dad and just trying to think, like, oh, what am I going to – what am I trying to teach these yeah. dudes? Yeah, Just independence. Mm. Like, you want a cup of water? It's over there. Mm. Go to town. Like, yeah. do it yourself. Mm. Like, you need to kind of foster that independence and you know it's served me very well in my life because i mean we all deal with adversity and ups and downs yeah. and, and wins and losses but just that uh, that desire and ability to just figure it out mm-hmm. like there's nothing that i've come across that i couldn't figure out how to do mm-hmm. except plumbing I don't. I don't mess with plants. Uncle,
1: you're like, <laughs> uh, but 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 to do that though, it's like the DIY, to do it yourself, like it takes energy and yeah. work and work ethic. Like, wh- how do you explain
0: the ability to, to actually? Well, it's a lot easier when you're younger. Yeah. Like, you know, I, I, and I think you re- you reach like a, a critical mass at a point of. You can only do. There's only so many hours in the day, and when you have kids, there's certainly less hours in the mm-hmm. day. So, I find. I'm trying to really just maximize my time at mm-hmm. any given time. I'm I'm not wasting time mm-hmm. with BS. Yep. It's like, hey, I'm only maybe I'm only working for five hours today. Yep. Well, it's going to be a good five hours mm-hmm. of getting stuff done. And if it's BS, I don't got time for yep. it. Um, and it's just just to have that desire to keep evolving, mm-hmm. and growing, mm-hmm. in, and it's that innate. I just want to do cool stuff. Mm-hmm. Don't, at this point. Mm-hmm. I never thought I'd, you know, own an action sports yep. media company. It mm-hmm. just sort of happened, but you gotta kinda of be open to those yep. risks and opportunities. It's like coming on your podcast. I would have said no mm-hmm. ten times out of ten, mm-hmm. but this is the year where I go on podcasts and listen to Morrissey, I guess. Which and, is like
1: I, I think I think it's it's fascinating to actually like give that thought and then actually action on it too right like yeah i'm going to do something different a lot of people talk there's a lot of there's a lot of talk no action
0: well but i think it's it's the act of trying to figure out how things work yeah and it's and again i think it's like you just got to find like mentors that are cool yep. you know and then i've had some unwilling mentors so yep. just guys i worked for mm-hmm. that taught me things mm-hmm. and i've had you know the experience of a lot of other people that have worked in a lot of cool fields yep. and be able to like pick their brains mm. and ask how business works because mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. i didn't get a business degree Yep. i didn't know how to run my business for the first third of its existence Yep. i'm still figuring things out mm-hmm. i'm still figuring out ways to kind of grow the business and my time mm-hmm. you know and have that work-life balance now because yep. Hey man, I got basketball to coach. I got mm. baseball to coach. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just trying to find that mix and that right balance.
1: That um, the idea of mentorship—to actually ask people for like advice or help or um, insights or tips or tricks—like, I think courage to do with that, or just like,
0: yeah, I mean, to an extent. But I think you know, like anybody that reaches out to me, mm-hmm. yeah, man. What do you want to know? do you, you want to hop on a call? Sure, I'll make time for you. Mm you know i've there's there's a lot of really smart kids doing really cool things mm-hmm. and like hey if i can i don't need to be a part of it but if i can give you some advice yep. happy to yep. if i can help facilitate some sales ad sponsorship sales mm-hmm. for you yeah man whatever like yep. i'm i'm happy to help mm. um and i think you'll find most people are yeah like i've been like i still remember coming to calgary uh when we when we my wife and i decided to move back um, I reached out to Pete Graves, who was then the owner of uh, Avenue. Okay, and he invited me and my wife to go to like the Avenues Food and Wine, mm-hmm. you know, best restaurants there. Mm-hmm. And I still remember he—they were doing the WestJet magazine at the time—and I still remember he introduced me to the, the head of WestJet marketing. Be like, "Oh, this is Brian, He's doing some amazing things in publishing." Blah blah blah. And I'm like, "If I was in Toronto, this would not be. This introduction would not be happening." Mm but he just had a, you know, we had a nice conversation yep. and a genuine like, Hey, I'd like to see you do well. Hmm. This isn't a competition thing. I'm not worried about you mowing my lawn. Yep, It's a community, hmm. you know? And I, I'm like, it's the way you got to be. Mm-hmm. Like as much as I, you know, I got competitive, yep. certainly within my own industry. Mm-hmm. You know, at the end of the day, I think people want to help other people succeed. And that's it's how this whole humanity thing works yeah. out, you know. It's yeah. just like everybody just be cool, help each other out.
1: Isn't it interesting though? How that, how as you like have more experiences, that you that you come to that realization, you know, like community and like think. It, yeah, it wasn't it, that wasn't me. I know, you know, back in the day, that was which which is okay because it's just like it's the evolution of,
0: of of who we are. But it's look, kids are here to destroy us at yeah. the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Like they're here to replace us mm-hmm. with new ideas and new energy and i'm i like to think that i'm like okay yeah man come take it mm-hmm. you got a better idea than me that's what this is about yeah eventually it'll you know maybe the internet already did that or social media already did that but you know come take it it's fine mm. like like i don't know yeah at some point you got to take ego out of it i think yeah. and that, i think that's just age just and experience it's just like one well, like hey like if it all ended tomorrow I'd find something cool to do mm-hmm. yeah, I'm not worried about it at this point, mm-hmm. like I've had a pretty good run mm-hmm. and I got plenty of gas in the tank to do cool things. I just want it's got to be something that interests me. It's yeah. got to be something that, hey, here's an interesting opportunity. Mm-hmm. you know, like I said, like this is the year of doing podcasts, mm-hmm. and listening to artists I would never listen to. yeah, and now I listen to Morrissey every day. Here we are. Here we are. (laughs) No one expected it.
1: (laughs) Um, I I think. I think if you do the same thing over and over, though, it gets kind of boring, too, right? Like if you if you don't actually evolve, I think it's just like, yeah. But that
0: you know that's who wants to do that? Who wants to live their life that way? I don't think anybody does. But it's just it takes energy and time. And some people, hey, are happy to punch a clock and you know, job is not their life. I just. I've always been of the mind of like I want to do th- how m- my job is my life. It's mm-hmm. how much time do I spend doing this job? Mm-hmm. I want to do something cool. Yep. I want to have some fun. I yep. want to do something. I don't think it's going to necessarily leave a mark. Yeah, but something that people will enjoy, mm-hmm. hopefully for a time. Yeah, I don't know. Makes sense. It's something. Um, it's been a fun one, dude. Was it, dude? No,
1: it's been. This has been like a. It's been a. It's been a cool conversation just to like, you're in an industry that is like, it's like last man standing.
0: It's a weird time for media. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, and I talked to, probably more the last year, I've talked to more media people and publishers. And honestly, it's like not so much for us because like we're so niche. Yeah. And we have such a a, a dedicated, loyal Mm -hmm. uh, advertiser base. And, you know, we've made some moves recently to... Um, be a little more part of the sales process and, you know, gear reviews and, yep. you know, mm-hmm. um, facilitate an audience of our audience to become potential customers, which is not like a journalistic. Mm-hmm. It's not the cool, mm-hmm. you know, editorial advertorial, mm-hmm. man. Yeah. Yep. But look, it's just nature of the beast. But t- the more publishers I talk to and, and not necessarily just print publishers, but digital publishers and guys that are focused on social. Everyone's really struggling. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it scares me to see, you know, just growing up as a would-be journalist, Yeah, to see us maybe losing that stuff. A yeah. little scary. It's scary to see the state of newspapers. Mm-hmm. It's scary to see the state of journalism in general mm-hmm. because the business of journalism, the back end, the ad sales, all of a sudden that has just completely fallen flat. Like, if you had told me 2002, that the Calgary Sun and the Calgary Herald would be one one thing. Mm-hmm. I would have laughed you out of the room. Mm-hmm. It's crazy, mm-hmm. but that's that's the state of journalism right now. Yeah, and it's the state of media and it's crazy. We just we got to figure it out. Mm-hmm. We got to figure out some innovation here quick. Yeah, and I don't know. I don't know what the answer is.
1: It's it's, it's gonna be it's gonna be fascinating to watch from the outside. Because I'm on that, like I'm so digital. Like everything I, yeah. digital since like 01, everything I've done is like, so it's it's watching it from the outside to seeing how how these businesses are making moves.
0: Well, but it's okay to be all digital. Like, yep. I mean, like honestly, like half our business is probably mm-hmm. video or social stuff at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, but print is still, it, it's, it's a big one. Still got teeth? It still got some runway for mm-hmm. what we do. But, you know, I think the mass market... Mass audience, yep. Newspapers, magazines. That's I don't know how you can, I don't know how you still do a print product right mm-hmm. now. I don't know if you you would want to. Yep. I don't think you need to, mm-hmm. but you got to figure out a way to pay journalists to do good journalism mm-hmm. and tell good stories and build community, right? right? Like I miss fast forward, man. That was such a... I, I, I went to a restaurant and I saw one of the old. Um, oh, you did. Yeah, it's like some Chinese food restaurant mm-hmm. in my house. Did it still have like the. The silver. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm like, oh man.
1: It's such a that was such a cool time. Like what it came out weekly on like a Thursday. Yeah. Every
0: Thursday. And just like Rope I I, I wrote for them a little bit here and there. No, no way. Well just I mean it, yep. I just knocked down Maureen's door until mm-hmm. she mm-hmm. said, hey,
1: Uncle, <laughs> hey, let me
0: let me cover City Hall. Oh, we don't do uh, city hall, yeah, but yeah, I'll,
1: I'll throw a fart joke in. Okay, no? It would be great. <laughs> it was a, it was such a cool way to stay connected with the city. Yeah, just, if you were if you were paying attention
0: and and reading that mag, you could actually figure out what was cool. Well, and that supported the people that were doing cool things because, mm-hmm. like you know, like being a promoter, not easy yeah. at the best of times. Mm-hmm. But I think. You know, and I don't know what the, I don't know what the answer to that is, but we have to, as a community, we got to support that stuff because, you know, I'm not going out on a Friday night like I used to, Mm -hmm. but I would like the kids to be able to go have a good time. Yeah, for sure. So,
1: um, I end the show with one question. Oh, okay. When I say Calgary,
0: where's your head go? Uh, now then home for sure. Like, uh, my wife and I, uh, Decided just before COVID, maybe six months before COVID hit that we were, we were over Toronto and we were going to move back. Uh, our kids were getting bigger, mm-hmm. small two bedroom house. Uh, my mother-in-law was all alone out here and she's getting to that age where we want to be closer to her. Yep. Um, and, you know, we moved back here and it was like, what have we been doing mm. all this time? Mm. Just felt like home immediately. I don't want to live anywhere else. Mm-hmm. It's great, and I just think there's so much, so much opportunity here, like, yeah. and the best people, like it's funny because I go back to Toronto because our wholesale company, which is we didn't get into and we don't yeah. have to, but it's still based there, so I'm there, you know, a week a month. Mm. And it's funny because I'll go here I was weirded out for, for a little bit of like walking down the street in my neighborhood and everybody walking the dog beside me you know, locking eyes, like, how's it going? Morning. Morning. <laughs> oh my God. all these people saying yeah, hi to me. Idea. Like, well, like I, you know, like I'd been in Toronto for, you mm-hmm. know, 10 years. Mm-hmm. So like, what? Huh? Mm-hmm. But now I go back to Toronto and I'm that guy. Morning. Morning. Just and like and people them. in Toronto looking at me like, <laughs> what are you Like, are you okay? (laughs) What are you happy about? Yeah, what do you, yeah, why why is your life so Uh good? I'm like, I'm living in Calgary. Yeah. So,
1: um, that's how I always say it too. People ask me on occasion, it's home. Yeah, man.
0: Like, I, it's Calgary's the best. I tell everybody they Mm -hmm. in Toronto, they don't believe me, Mm -hmm. but it's okay. Don't, don't move here. It's okay. Stay in Toronto. It's fine. We're good. Yeah. Keep, (laughs) keep the real estate reasonable.
1: Uh, thanks for taking the time, man. Ah, uh, thanks, thanks for inviting me. I'm glad you're uh, saying yes to the podcast train. I think what'll be interesting for you is like continuing to say yes. And, and just, I think there's, once you decide to have a voice, I think it's going to get very interesting for you. Uh-oh. Mm-hmm. That's for boating. Mm-hmm. Uh-oh. So anyways, uh, thank you. Hey,
0: thanks.